0: We're talking about reset, as Mark said, and um, th- th- it's this idea that, that even though we are drawn to things that are, that are shiny and new, we are drawn to things that go viral on social media, right? We, we see these things and we're like, oh, I want to do something new, or I want to post uh, Instagram pictures as cool as, as he does or she does, and sometimes we just believe that God wants us to get back to some of the basics, just some of, the, some of the simple basics of our, of our faith. Because what if the reality is we need to just do some small course corrections uh, to, to get back to the place where we can connect with God more significantly, where we can connect and love each other better and find significant purpose in our lives. I don't know about you, but, but I, I'm not in this place because I don't want to live with purpose. If you came here today, my guess is you also want to be more connected in 2019 with your purpose than you were in 2018, right? No one's like, no, I, I, I had my fill of purpose and now I really just want to be sidelined with no sense of significance. No one says that about a new year. We all want to, to take a next step to do something more significant. But to take these steps for us as a church community, we are looking to Scripture There are a whole lot of things, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of, there's a lot of information out there about where, you know, where you can look to to find significance in your life. You can, you can go online and look up all sorts of books that have all sorts of information and you can get the latest, greatest diet fad. And and the truth is, as my wife always points out, it's just a fad. So it doesn't matter if everyone's eating 100% fat for diets, eventually they're going to find out that that kills them just like every other diet does. And it's the truth. We get caught up in these fads, and, and we want to, 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 to look uh, to all these other places, but as a church community, even though some of those things aren't bad, some of those things are good for our lives, but as a church community, our center, our, our purpose, our focus is found in Scripture. It, it's, it's found in what the Bible says. And, and specifically this year, we're looking to the words of Jesus uh, when he was asked by a Jewish lawyer about what the most important commandment was. Now, we know in, in retrospect, as we, as we look back, we know that this guy was trying to trick Jesus into, into saying something. They, that legalistic people, people who are really religious, always try to trick. Have you noticed that? They always try to trick you into something. They try to uh, trick you into saying something or doing something that goes against what you say you believe. And uh, Jesus doesn't try to trick us. Okay, isn't that good news? Jesus, he, he, just, he just says it and he says, this is, this is what it's all about. But this lawyer basically said to Jesus, so what's the most important thing? So if we have to do one thing right, what do we need to do in life? What does God want us to do the most? And Jesus' answer, uh, we've talked about this for a few weeks, Mark twelve thirty, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then guys as if that wasn't hard enough Jesus says wait there's more it's like a it's like a religious infomercial if you order now in the next 7 seconds you also get mark 12:31 <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself there is no greater commandment greater than these do you guys feel like oh that's it that's easy. Heart, mind, soul strength. Wow. That's super easy. That's it. Jesus. Well, I've got that covered. So part of our reset is is unpacking what it means to to love God and and our neighbor, but it's also to connect with the mission of God because we have to realize that that these things are all parts of a puzzle, parts of the big picture of, of what God cares about and what his mission is. And his mission is always connected to the people that he loves. God's mission is always that, so we should never think that our mission is going to be anything different than that. So sometimes people think that Christianity would be really easy if it didn't involve loving people, Amen. right? <laughs> I can say probably every person in here who's like, hey, Jesus, uh, I, can, I, I can love you because I, I at least read what you did for me. You died on the cross. That's pretty awesome. I'll love you, but I hate everybody around me. Have you ever felt like that before? If you haven't, it's going to happen tomorrow morning at work. Seriously, like everyone has felt that before. But we can't separate the two because God has this unrelenting love for people. And that mission is for us to go into all the world and basically teach anyone who's willing to listen to follow Jesus. Like like, like taking it down to non-churchy Great Commission terms. It's basically saying Just teaching people to follow Jesus if they're willing. Now, now, here's the thing. We can't make anyone do it. We can't actually make disciples. We can only lead people to a place where they're willing to choose, and then we can help them along the way. There's There's no force here. It's basically just saying, hey, I want to tell you about this. This Jesus, we believe that, that, that he is the center of all things. He made everything and he was with God in the beginning and he is God. I know it's mysterious, it sounds strange, but, but he is a really big deal. As a matter of fact, your life is never going to make complete sense if you don't connect with this Jesus because he isn't, it wasn't just a man who was good, he is the man who was God and he is God. Whoa, that kind of changes the story a little bit, isn't it? Because he isn't just a good moral teacher. This is the God who created morals. He's everything. If you're here today with the expectation that you're going to hear a message and and learn a few steps to make your life better, you're going to be really disappointed. That's not what this is about but I think it's about something better because if you're here and you're thinking, how do, I, how do I start to move back to what my factory, like original factory design is for my life? What God had in mind for me when he saw me, when he knit me together in my mother's womb? What did he have in mind for my life? If you're looking to move back to that and to see how that full life can happen to you, then I believe today is going to be an encouraging beginning for you. But it's going to take some real intentionality. And I think that this month is going to be one of the most challenging as we talk about loving God with all of our hearts. Guys, how do we actually make heart level connections with people? How do we do that? I think we kind of know this. We, it takes time, right? It takes time being with people. You don't just fall in love with people. You fall in lust with people, but you don't fall in love with people. You, you actually have to spend time together. You talk, you connect, you get to know each other more and more over time. And how do you know when you've made that connection with people? For the most part, you, you just know it because you've been engaged in relationship for long enough that you're like, man, I, I just resonate with this person. I just feel connected to this person. And it's not just lip service. It's not just saying you feel connected because we all know the difference between when, when we say we feel connected to someone and we actually feel bonded to that person. We also know the difference between when we say that we love God and our lives don't really align with anything that God says he cares about. We know it. We feel it. Steve spoke a couple of weeks ago and uh, one of the passages he shared was from Revelation chapter two. Revelation is a book that I hope we never agree to preach on as a church because it is just weird. (laughs) It just is. And I'll be honest with you, when I see churches posting that they're preaching on this, I'm kind of like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to go there because it's so weird. It's just such an intensely strange book. But in Revelation chapter two, there's this really eye-opening passage because it speaks to really good people just like you and me, just normal people. Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. And this is Jesus speaking to the church uh, at Ephesus, a, a very a specific church, and he said, "I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance." That starts great. It's like, yeah you do, Jesus. You saw what I did. I stopped and I helped that person stuck in the snowdrift hmm that's got to get some points I did good I hardly ignore most homeless people that's good right I, I I really try to tell my family I love them every day you know my deeds he says, I know you cannot tolerate wicked people. That's pretty great, too. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. Yes, this is going great. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yep, still standing, Jesus. We just, we're just plugging along. Then he says, yet I hold this against you. Oh, really? Didn't that, wasn't that enough? That was pretty good. He says, you have forsaken the love you had at first. It's like, yeah, but I mean I, I did those things though. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus is love that serious? James 2:26 It says that faith without deeds is dead. We know this, right? But this passage from Revelation tells us that deeds without love are unacceptable to God too. Faith without deeds is truly dead. But deeds without love is not acceptable either. Guys, here's the really bad news. I like to give that first and then it goes up from there hopefully. Okay, here's the really bad news. There is absolutely nothing we can do to get ourselves to love God. There is absolutely nothing we can do to get ourselves to love God. You can't talk your way into it. You can't, there aren't enough Sundays or opportunities for you to serve here or out in the community to get yourself to do it. You can't sing every worship song perfectly that will guide your way into it there's absolutely nothing you can do and you have to be thinking, oh gosh, then I'm in trouble because my heart's feeling kind of cold today. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 6 through 15. He was speaking to the religious leaders again of the day. How many of you guys know that Jesus is not angry with people who don't know him? How many of you know that if you act like you know him and love him, but you don't, but you really don't, you're just going through the motions, he's actually irritated with that. And we know that because of the Pharisees and how he interacted with them. He said this, Isaiah, the prophet, was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. Boy, that's not good either. Can we go back to the good deeds, Jesus? As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. I want to be really clear about this. The point that Jesus was making was not that these people needed to modify their behaviors, but there's a darn good chance that's what they heard, and I want to make sure you're not hearing that. I want to make sure that you're not hearing that, oh, I've got to, okay, so he's talking about fathers and mothers. That means when they're older and if they need money, I've got to make sure that I give a a certain amount of money to them. No, the principle is love. But what Jesus is, is, is not saying is that the point to this life is to modify your behaviors and that will make God pleased with you. That's not the point. The point was that they needed heart transplants. The point is not behavior modification. The point is heart transplant. The point of life is not following all the rules and hoping you make it to heaven. The point of life is to be intimately connected with your creator. Do we believe that? Why do you come to church every week or once a month? I'm not judging. Why why do you come when you come? If we surveyed all of you about that, we would get tons of different responses. And for some of us at times... If we're being really dreadfully honest, Jesus wouldn't even make the top 10. But don't look at your own actions. It's not about your actions. Don't focus on your steps. Focus on the creator. Focus on the originator. Don't focus on your struggling heart today. Don't focus on your doubts. Don't focus on your fears Don't focus on the struggle today that's battling for your attention. We're not ignoring those things. We're not pretending that those things don't exist. Those are realities that we experience all of the time. It's not pretending. It's not singing enough and hoping all those things go away. It's not saying praise the Lord when inside we're falling apart. It's not ignoring those realities. It's not self-loathing or self-punishment. It's not about a formula or reading the Bible enough to get a heart for God it's about something simpler than that and it's this to love God with all of your heart you must acknowledge that the only love you have to give already came from him to love God with all of your heart you must acknowledge that the only love you have to give came from him you are a, you are a source of absolutely nothing You are not your own source. You're no one else's source. You're a source of absolutely nothing. Just the same way that the moon reflects none of its... It it doesn't have its own light source. It only reflects the light that's given to it by the sun. And we're the same. When we are separated from God, we have nothing. We can't breathe. You can't wake yourself up in the morning. There isn't an alarm clock loud enough to wake you up if God says that's your last breath. Everything we have is from him. So the only thing we can do is reflect the love given by him. Does that make sense? Don't stop and focus on your failure. We're all tempted to stop and say, no, but I've got to get this thing right before, before God's going to move in my life. Absolutely not. Terrible idea about who God is. You don't have to get it right. You actually just have to come to him. He's not holding back on you. He's not angry at you. If there's anybody here who thinks that God's position towards them is anger, let me just tell you, the good news is it's not. Jesus has unrelenting desire to be with you. That means that God is unequivocally for you. He loves you just where you are. No matter what you did last night, no matter what you're gonna do tonight, he is for you. I want to take a minute and just be reminded of God's heart for us straight from Scripture, okay? You guys know this. This is, as Steve said, this, this is the, the, the football guy in the end zone, okay? You guys know what John 3.16 is, right? It's the obnoxious drunk guy in the end zone with his shirt off that says John 3.16. Even he knows, You guys know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, God, uh, Christ, died for us. 1 John 4, verse 18 and 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And this is one of my favorite passages, and and even more so when I feel ill-equipped to to do this Christian life. How many of you feel like you wake up and you're like, do I even know how to Christian? (laughs) I feel like that often. In the beginning was the word. Right there, I'm just like, ah. So I wasn't in the beginning. So that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will but born of God the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth Steve I want to invite you guys uh, to come back up this message is simple and it's the reason you don't have sermon notes Just write this down. You can't love God with your own heart. You can only love from what he's given you and he doesn't hold back from you. You can't love God from your own heart. Stop trying. You can only love from what he's given you and he's not holding back on you. If you're here today, and you've never received the love of God into your life, what are you holding back for? If you're here today, and, and you're, you, just, you don't totally understand this, but you know that there's something that is holding you back, don't hold back. God has made a way for you to come home, and it depends, it depends <clears throat> zero on your abilities. It depends zero on your goodness. It depends zero on your character. It depends zero on your gifting. So here's the thing. You might feel like the lowest person in this whole place and that uniquely qualifies you to be a recipient of the grace of God. He's for you. If I'm talking to you, I want you to pray this prayer. Normally we don't script prayers, but we have it up on the screen in just a second. I just want you to pray this. I want you to see the words and connect with it. God, I know that living life on my own terms isn't working out well. Thank you for your offer of new life because of Jesus' love for me. I receive it in faith. Thank you for making me a new person in this very moment and i claim that based on your love and your word in second corinthians 5:17 which says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here some of us have been christians for a long time And we know today that the warmth of our hearts has cooled. Yeah, you're still mainly going to church. You still serve and quest occasionally because you feel like you're supposed to. Maybe you're a leader here and you don't know what it's like to not be a leader. So you just, you keep going. Doesn't matter who you are. your, Your heart's just gotten a little colder. And you can't get it back by yourself no matter how hard you try. Because it was never about you in the first place. It was and it is about God's heart for you. If that's you, we've got another prayer. It's okay to pray it out loud if it's you. There's no judgment. Psalm 51:10 says, "Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God gives us both new hearts and a reset of our current hearts. So if you've received the grace of God, but your heart's grown cold, pray that prayer of David. He was in a bad, bad place. And it's okay if you are too. It's okay. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. No matter who you are, we've got a challenge for you this week, okay? We want to challenge you to give the first 10 minutes of your day to being present with Jesus. The first 10. Now, some of you are like, (laughs) I do two and a half hours every day. And he doesn't love you more. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. And some of you guys are like, but I need order. What's that going to be like? What do we do? What are we all doing? Nope. Just talk to him. Just listen for him. Listen to worship music. Sit in silence and just ask him to reveal his love to you. Ask him to speak who you are. Because that's where it all begins. Here's how we're going to close today. We're going to look to Jesus and we're going to take communion together. We have stations in the four corners of this building. And we ask that that when you get up to to get the bread and, and get the cup, that you come on the outsides and then you go back on the insides to to your seats so that we don't experience Chicago traffic. So outside, in. We ask you to just get the elements, go back to your seat, reflect during this song, and then we'll close with instructions. But, But hold it, hold it as you take in this song and you think about what God did to come to you. I pray that you experience his love in a new way today.